your kids have a comeback for everything you tell them to do, even if it's mumbled under their breath? Is your child more characterized by sass than submission? Do you wish that just once they would adhere to your instructions without arguing and challenging your authority? Well, then we're so glad you're joining us for today's Q&A episode. I'm your host, Katie Morgan, and welcome to Parenting with Ginger Hubbard. Ginger is the best-selling author of Don't Make Me Count to Three, Wise Words for Moms, and I Can't Believe You Just Said That. She speaks at women's events, parenting conferences, and homeschool conventions across the country. You can check out her parenting resources and find out when she's speaking in or near your area at gingerhubbard.com. If you enjoy this podcast and would like to further support our ministry, here are just a few ways you can do that. Number one is to like, rate, review, and share this podcast whenever and wherever the Lord leads. Friends, we have grown so much since we started, and nearly all of that growth has been through word of mouth. So please keep it up. That is absolutely the best way to help us spread the word. Another helpful way to support our ministry is by purchasing Ginger's resources through gingerhubbard.com. We know that ordering through other retailers is so quick and easy, but what you might not know is that ministries like ours receive very little from those purchases. So just an easy way to help us is to purchase directly from Ginger's website. Again, that's gingerhubbard.com. And stay tuned until the end of this episode to receive a discount on your purchase. A third way to show your support for our show is to become a donor. If God is using our podcast to encourage you in your parenting, we would love for you to give a monthly or a one-time donation as the Lord leads. So just go to gingerhubbard.com slash support to give any amount. Finally, and most importantly, Ginger and I humbly ask for your prayers. This is hands down the best way to show your support for our ministry. And thank you to everyone who has given your time and resources to help us keep this show going week after week. Our prayer is that God would be glorified through our efforts to help parents reach the hearts of their children for the glory of God. Long before my husband and I had kids of our own, I knew I wanted to be a homeschooling mom. But when my oldest was ready to start kindergarten, I had just had our third child, who we affectionately referred to as the baby monster. Homeschooling didn't seem possible with a kindergartner, a toddler, and a baby monster. I was so thankful that a friend introduced me to BJU Press. Their all-in-one curriculum resources gave me the confidence to homeschool at a time when it didn't seem possible. Their video lessons that, by the way, are engaging and taught by experienced teachers, those videos were a time and a sanity saver for me. Best of all, their K-5 through grade 12 all-in-one curriculum options are rooted in a solid biblical worldview. To learn more about BJU Press, go to bjupresshomeschool.com and see what they have to offer. You'll find their parent-led resources as well as independent learning materials at bjupresshomeschool.com. And tell them the baby monster sent you. Well, hey there, Ginger. I'm excited to jump right in with a question that came in from one of our listeners. Casey in North Carolina writes this. Dear Ginger, I would love to hear a podcast on the topic of talking back. We have an 11-year-old daughter, but it feels like we have a teenager on our hands. We also started homeschooling this year, and I'm so grateful. Any advice you can share for how to handle talking back or a disrespectful attitude would be great. Love your podcast. Thanks. 
Well, thank you for that, Casey. And we've actually had quite a few questions come in about kids of all ages talking back and struggling with those uh, disrespectful attitudes. For the sake of all of our listeners who have inquired about how to handle this issue, I think it would be good for us to start out by offering some encouragement for parents with younger children, and then we'll look at ways to handle it with older children, like yours, Casey. So I want to start with younger kids because it is so important that younger children learn to obey mom and dad without arguing, complaining, and challenging parental authority. Ephesians chapter 6 says, children, obey your parents in the Lord for this is right. It goes on to explain that when children honor their parents, it goes well with them. They experience the joy and the blessings that come from submitting to God's will for their lives. In a nutshell, when children wholeheartedly honor and obey parental authority, they are living under God's authority, which uh, brings safety and wisdom and peace to their lives. So in those early years, it's absolutely necessary that parents keep a tight rein. Then once their children are characterized by submitting to parental authority, uh, we can begin to loosen those reins and begin to teach them how to express their thoughts and their feelings and their opinions in ways that still show respect for mom and dad's authority. I really like that metaphor of tightening and loosening the reins, and I think it's a great one as it applies to parenting. So many popular parenting styles have it backward, where we let the children take the lead, so to speak, and then intervene only once things have gone completely off the track. But that's not only unwise, it's unbiblical. So Ginger, what advice do you have for parents with younger children who talk back? Well, Katie, I have three suggestions. First, talk to them during times of non-conflict about the importance of listening and obeying instructions. Teach them that God has called them to obey all the way, right away, and with a happy heart. That means completely, instantly, and with the right attitude. Specifically, that means without complaining, arguing, and talking back. Listeners, if you're not convinced that biblical obedience should be all the way right away and with a happy heart, Ginger and I thoroughly backed this truth with scripture and gave biblical examples. And that was in episode 75, which is entitled Defining Biblical Obedience. So if you're uncertain as to why God calls parents to teach children to obey in action and attitude and what that looks like from a biblical perspective, we think you'll find that episode super encouraging and helpful. So we'll include a link to that in our show notes. Ginger, what's the second piece of advice for parents with younger children who talk back? I encourage parents to not yell instructions across the room and just assume their children have heard and understood those instructions. It's so much better to take time uh, to remove all doubt and leave no room for question or confusion. So it's better for parents to go to the child, make eye-to-eye contact, and uh, for children with uh, short attention spans, it can also be helpful to physically touch them while giving those instructions. And I find it's also helpful to have my kids explain back to me in their own words what it is that I've told them to do. Once they've said it in their own words, they really can't claim they didn't hear or understand, which seems to be kids' favorite go-to excuse for disobedience. And requiring children to repeat instructions removes all doubt and leaves no room for question or confusion. So Ginger, what is the third and final piece of advice for parents with younger children who talk back? Parents can encourage children to obey by ending their instructions with yes, ma'am, or yes, mom. For example, when little Abby starts pulling all the books off the bookshelf, mom might get down eye-to-eye level, take little Abby's hands in hers, and say something like, sweetheart, you may not pull the books off the shelf. Yes, ma'am? 
when we end those instructions with yes, ma'am, or yes, mom, we're encouraging our children to respond obediently and without backtalk. Now, granted, that doesn't mean that they're going to obey without backtalk every time, but just that little bit of prompting to rightly respond, it really can make a huge difference. It sets up an expectation of obedience and assumes the best. This was super helpful when my kids were little. There were so many times when I could see that look of defiance come over their faces while I was giving instructions, when I could tell that there was this inward struggle to either submit to or rebel against my authority, Uh, when their sin nature and what they wanted was fighting to win over what God wanted, which was for them to obey. And so often in those moments, while the battle of right and wrong was being fought in their little hearts, I would end my instructions with, yes, ma'am. And I would see just this immediate switch in their attitude. Just that simple prompting was like a cheer from the sidelines, serving as this gentle reminder that they had a choice, a choice to obey or disobey. It encouraged them to think before responding, which I believe saved them from a multitude of bad choices and unpleasant consequences. Just as a side note, I think tone really matters in that, Ginger, because if Mm -hmm. we say, yes, ma'am, I don't really think that's (laughs) going to have the same gentle effect that Mm -hmm. the way you said it would. So just that's right. That's right. Sometimes we Southerners, especially, yes, (laughs) ma'am, we can get a little sassy ourselves, can't we? Yeah. Okay. So just to reiterate how to encourage little ones to obey without talking back. First, we make sure they have a clear understanding that biblical obedience is all the way, right away, and with a happy heart. And we talk about how that looks during times of non-conflict. Ginger, you and I have talked about this before, and I know you have this listed under heartbreaking questions on your Wise Words for Moms chart, but a good question to ask our young children is, how does God want you to obey? Yes, because that directs their attention away from self and places their focus on God's will for their lives. So Mm -hmm. when mine were little, Katie, I could hold up three fingers when I would ask that question, how does God want you to obey? And that prompted my kids to respond with all the way, right away, and with a happy heart. Right. So you did count to three. I I see. Okay. You heard it here first. Yes. Confession. That's how I counted to three. All of our long-time listeners are probably hearing our same jokes over and over again. (laughs) Well, they're new to us. I know. That's right. (laughs) Ginger and I forget them all, so it's like hearing it for the first time. (laughs) Second thing we do is to make eye contact and physical touch to ensure we have their attention. And third, we encourage them to obey in action and attitude without backtalk by adding yes, ma'am or yes, mom, to our instructions. That's right. When we take time to properly instruct and encourage obedience, it eliminates confusion. Then we're able to bypass that gray area of wondering whether or not they heard and understood, which in turn removes all doubt and uncertainty as to whether or not there needs to be a consequence. Taking time to do it right ensures that we've given clear instructions, they've understood those instructions, and now they have a choice. They can choose to respond in obedience or they can choose to respond in defiance, or as we're calling it in today's episode, backtalk. And if they choose defiance, they're choosing a consequence. So for younger children, it's that simple. Now, Ginger, inevitably, we will have listeners ask, okay, so when my young child chooses defiance, what should the consequence be? And to that, I say, 
Ginger thoroughly covers biblical consequences for young children in her three-session audio series called Reaching the Heart of Your Child. So if you really aren't sure about what consequences to use and how to implement them correctly and effectively, stay tuned until the end of the show, and we'll tell you how you can get a discount on that, as well as no shipping cost on that resource, which is great for our international listeners. Okay, so for younger children, we want to make talking back a very cut and dry issue of obeying or disobeying, pure and simple. But Ginger, what about when older children talk back, like in the case with Casey's daughter, who is 11? Ideally, with age comes freedom. Now, I don't mean freedom to talk back, but freedom for children to express themselves in a respectful way. And, you know, I really can't give a specific age for granting more verbal freedom because that's just going to vary from child to child. It all depends on the, their level of maturity, which is shown through obedience. In other words, if your seven-year-old is characterized by respectful, immediate, and joyful obedience, then he's mature enough to have some verbal freedom. And what I mean by that is he's earned the right to speak up and share his thoughts and opinions that might differ from yours. Thoughts and opinions that don't defiantly challenge your authority in a rebellious way, but that respectfully appeal to your authority by bringing new information to the situation. So let me just give a few examples to illustrate that. Seven-year-old Whitney comes in from school and asks for a snack. And mom says no, because dinner's going to be ready in about an hour. Mom assumes she ate the chicken salad sandwich she packed for lunch. But what mom doesn't know is that after only one bite, Whitney accidentally dropped her sandwich on the floor in the cafeteria. That's new information that Whitney should feel comfortable bringing to the situation as a means to appeal to mom's authority. Mm -hmm. And she can do that in a respectful manner. Another example is 10-year-old Seth, who isn't happy with his bedtime. Dad read that kids that age need 10 or 11 hours of sleep, so he makes Seth go to bed at 8.30 every night. But what he doesn't know is that Seth has been waking up at 3 a.m. every morning and having trouble going back to sleep. That's new information that Seth should feel comfortable bringing to the situation as a means to appeal to dad's authority. So, Ginger, how can parents teach kids how to appeal to authority in a respectful way? Because I'm pretty sure parents are going to wonder about that specific thing. Yeah, it, it can be tricky and it can be confusing. So mm -hmm. there needs to be clear instructions for how they can go about doing that in a respectful way. So with my kids, I had them request to appeal before stating their case, which put them in the mindset of respectfully presenting new information instead of defiantly protesting their grievances. Mm. When my kids would say, may I appeal it also put me in the mindset that, yes, I am the parent, which does give me the final authority, but I don't need to be so legalistic with my authority that I'm not willing to listen and reconsider my instructions when presented with new information. Kids are more likely to respond to parental authority with respect when parents assert authority with humility and grace. Okay, Ginger, just opening up here about my current family situation, I just really appreciate your teaching on this, your position on this, because there have been so many instances in recent memory where putting my foot down and, you know, sticking to my gun, so to speak, has actually provoked my children to anger. And the reason for this is because they felt they had no way out, as the Bible calls it. They had a legitimate appeal in many instances, as you call it, but they had no means to express it. And that's unfair to them. Uh, but I also acknowledge that we need to teach our children to consider the context and the timing of their appeals. So, Ginger, how can parents teach their kids when it is appropriate to appeal and when it isn't? 
Well, an appeal, as I just mentioned, should be based on new information. In other words, if mom tells Melanie it's her night to do the dishes and she appeals with, I don't want to, <laughs> obviously that's not an appropriate appeal. That's not but new if, information. We know she doesn't want to do it. That's exactly right. <laughs> but if Melanie says something like, mom, may I appeal? I know it's my night to do the dishes, but I'm really struggling with math and I have a pop quiz tomorrow. I need to study. Could I do the dishes tomorrow night instead? That's an appropriate appeal. Mm. We have to consider their age, their level of maturity, and their ability to process and understand in order to determine whether or not they're ready to handle more verbal freedom. A child is old enough to appeal to parental authority when they're characterized by first-time obedience and are able to respectfully present an appeal as a means to bring new information to a situation. That's how we know when they're ready. And again, that age is going to vary from child to child. Wesley, my son, for the most part, was characterized by biblical obedience and was able to maturely and respectfully appeal at age five. Whereas Alex, when she was five, she couldn't even say the word appeal. <laughs> she would say <laughs> peel, just peel. She could put the A in front of it. I don't know why. And she, and for some reason, she also thought it was more of a bargaining tool because she heard <laughs> Wesley appeal. So she would say, uh, can I have a cookie? No. May I peel? Yes. Can I have two? That's not an appeal, Alex. Can I have three? And so she had. To, she just didn't know how the concept. It's so funny because Wesley would jump in and he could say appeal, but he couldn't say Alex. So he called her Axe. So he would say Axe. That's not an appeal. <laughs> so she was trying very hard to get it, but it just took her a little bit longer. Um, it also took Alex several more years than Wesley to be characterized by biblical obedience. I rarely had to discipline Wesley after age five. Now, don't get me wrong. I did have to sometimes, but it just wasn't as often after he was uh, about five years old, where Alex was closer to nine. And I share that because we get so many questions about age-appropriate discipline, and I just don't like to give specific ages because every child is different. So I encourage parents to ask God for wisdom and discernment. James 1.5 says, if any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. I just appreciate that you share stories like that about Wesley and Alex, and I really appreciate that your kids are willing to let you share all of that with us because, like you said, every child is so different that it would be irrational and irresponsible of us to give any age recommendations on something like this that varies so greatly from child to child. Mm -hmm. And I hope stories like the one you just shared take some of the pressure off of parents who have a particular child they feel is behind their siblings or their peers in their emotional or, or even their spiritual development. You know, as long as we are faithful to teach our children biblically, then we need to just remove ourselves from the equation and see what the Lord does in the hearts of our kids. Instead of being so emotionally invested in every sinful behavior our kids express, we can teach them diligently while we leave the results to the sovereign hand of God. It is not my job or within my ability to change the hearts of my kids. And I'm preaching to myself right now because I've been experiencing this with a preteen and it's just so freeing to think about it from that perspective. That they are all unique. They are so yeah. unique in how they learn, how they think, how they process things, and, uh, and the different levels of maturity. Some mature faster in one area, others mature faster in another area. Right. So we just can't compare our kids, and, and we don't want to set expectations on our kids that are based on uh, other siblings. We have to recognize that they are all unique creations of God. So I love that point, Katie. It's one that we need to hear over and over. As parents, we can obey God by training and instructing our children 
children and pointing them to their need for Jesus. But we have to realize that that he is uh, the he is their creator. He knows their level of maturity, and most importantly, that only he can change their hearts. Mm. Now is the part of our show where we give a quick tip for parents. Today's quick tip is courtesy of Jackson. This is Ginger's youngest stepson. Ginger, tell us about Jackson's quick tip. (laughs) Well, anyone who knows me knows that I am a Southern cook, which Mm -hmm. means I cook lots of mashed potatoes. (laughs) And I don't mean instant mashed potatoes from a box. I'm talking about homemade, real Alabama mashed potatoes with you don't even want to know how much butter. (laughs) I love to cook them, but I always dread peeling them. Can't stand to peel potatoes because when I use a knife, I waste way too much of the potato. And when I use a potato peeler, I inevitably nick one of my fingers. Ronnie says it's because I'm always trying to do things too fast. Anyway, back in November, I had to peel and cook 10 pounds of potatoes for our Thanksgiving meal. And I might have been setting a bad example and complaining about it to Jackson. (laughs) And that's when he showed me this awesome tip. He stabbed one end of the potato with a fork. That way he was able to hold the fork instead of the potato, which enabled him to quickly use a potato peeler without nicking any of his fingers. And I'm telling you, it Mm. was amazing. That boy plowed through 10 pounds of potatoes in about five minutes. I was absolutely blown away. You guys have no idea how many hours I spend peeling potatoes in a given year. I almost started crying. I said, baby, you just completely changed my life. <laughs> I mean, it is a great tip. I It probably wouldn't change my life very much since I don't think I've made mashed potatoes ever in my life, but I'm glad it changed yours, Ginger. I'm really glad for you. Well, it did. <laughs> If you have a quick tip for our show, we would love to hear from you. It could be any random tip about cooking, housekeeping, how to clog your family's arteries with too much butter, something you do with your kids, (laughs) ideas for fun date nights with your spouse, anything at all. We would love to share your ideas on the podcast. Just go to gingerhubbard.com slash quick tips to submit those. Well, listeners, we love it when you send us your questions. So please keep those coming. Ginger, for parents who are struggling with their kids who are talking back, can you please leave them with a final word of encouragement? Sure. We hope you guys have been encouraged and equipped to help children who struggle with backtalking. Let's teach our children that when they honor and obey God by honoring and obeying their parents, they will experience the joy, the peace, and the blessings of living in His will. Thank you so much, Ginger, and thank you listeners for joining us today. If you enjoyed our show and want to hear more, please subscribe to our podcast wherever you're listening. And while you're there, can you leave us a rating or a review? This helps us get the word out about our podcast so that other parents can be encouraged to reach the hearts of their children. Do you have a parenting question? We invite you to submit it at gingerhubbard.com slash askginger, and we'll do our best to answer it in a future episode. And while you're on the website, you can find our show notes, which will include links to anything we mentioned in today's episode. Also on gingerhubbard.com, you can find Ginger's wonderful resources that will help you get to the heart of outward behavior and address it from a biblical perspective. So today, as promised, we're offering a 10% discount on her audio series, Reaching the Heart of Your Child. This is available as a CD or as a digital download. This three-session series is based on the content of Ginger's best-selling parenting book, Don't Make Me Count to Three, and it addresses topics such as how to reach the heart of your child, how to give a biblical reproof, and the biblical use of the rod. The digital download is perfect for our international listeners because there are no shipping costs. And if you enter the code parenting at gingerhubbard.com, you can get 10% off. 
If you'd like daily encouragement and parenting advice from Ginger, be sure to follow her on Instagram at ginger.hubbard. And you can connect with me on Instagram at Katie in a Corner. That's K-A-T-Y in a Corner. Thank you so much for joining us today. We look forward to being with you again next week. Until then, may God bless you as you seek to reach the hearts of your children for the glory of God.